Niemen hao guys and welcome to another episode of the Dragonfolio China podcast. This is the 40th episode of my show and this is one reason why it's going to be a very special episode. I've decided that every 10th episode I release some sort of special, but this one in particular because there's some changes that I want to share with you guys and some very interesting incidents that happened lately that kind of changed what I'm doing right now and I think that's very interesting for you and for the future of this show. So stay tuned. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. So yeah, let's get started. I am of course not sure how your last months, years went since we have this kind of crazy world. I don't think we live in a bad world right now. Some people see everything very negative. I see that, well, we had a few things happening that were so unpredictable and that shocked us in our very protective world that we live nowadays. I think we live in a very stable and good world actually and the more shocking it is when things happen that we did absolutely not anticipate and which we thought are not part of this world anymore but overall well i think we are doing quite quite okay and much better than many people did before we lived on this planet and for me the last two years were also i don't want to say crazy because i think that would be a bit exaggerated but yeah, a lot of things happened that I did absolutely not predict. And for me, it was a bit strange too, because um, before all these things started, I was actually in China. I was just back home for Christmas. A lot of you guys know that. And then suddenly I was not able to go back to China. The problem was that China was such an important part of my life then. I basically focused completely on going to China, studying there, living there, my business. So for me, it was really, um, yeah, kind of problematic at this time. But okay, I mean, I um, kept doing my stuff back in Europe. And luckily, I was um, yeah able to do some new things and to meet some new people that kind of improve what I'm doing. And so one thing that came very unexpected was that my own business kind of extended in a way that I never considered. So maybe you know that I have like the name of the show, my own project Dragonfolio China. But beyond that, I also did a few other things and I kind of bumped into some people in Germany who are in the uh, emerging markets kind of, um, I cannot say education, but who are uh, releasing reports about emerging markets, in particular stock analysis and so on. And they were looking for a person covering China in a new way. And that was sort of a perfect fit. So I joined this organization last year and now I contribute to their format. I yeah, help them to analyze companies and to kind of yeah improve the product and 
it was really a perfect fit because I can still do and live where I want, but at the same time contribute to them. And they were looking exactly for this kind of person who has real experience in China and who is committed to spend basically 24 hours of his life uh, to everything related to China. So yeah, this is the first step. And then when I joined these guys, it was already quite certain from the very beginning that we also need to use a few channels that are new to me. And that is especially YouTube. So we started a YouTube channel very recently. It is called China to invest. It sounds English, but it is only in German language. If you want to check it out, I will put the link in the description of the show. It's, it's worth checking out. I think especially for German listeners, um, at least half of my listeners are from Germany. So you might want to give it a shot. Um, but for other guys, maybe just want to have a look and, um, yeah, I know it's hard to understand, but, um, so this actually is, it's a very interesting project. We, so far we have been yeah doing doing quite okay. The channel launched like I think two months ago and we are at around 2000 subscribers right now, which is quite nice because I know the sentiment is still really bad. Um, Many people kind of want a distance from China, from the stock market in general right now. So I'm quite satisfied with the results so far. And what it means in general for me is that I realized my whole content and my whole, let's say, future of providing information and delivering content is more and more going back to actually the German market. In the beginning, when I started with my idea, it was really just a very, you know, sudden idea. I think I talked about this in one of the first episodes, why did I came up with Dragonfolio China? And it was in the beginning, okay, let's do this in German. But then I was quite influenced by some people who said, no, 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 you should from the, right from the start, you should do it in English, Eric. That's a large market. You, you want to, you will regret it if you don't do it. And so I thought, yeah, maybe they're right. I mean, I could serve the whole world with this because technically I can cover the whole world in English, right? And also then when I was traveling, often people ask me, what are you doing? And I explain them and then I say, oh, uh, show me. And then I say, um, well, it's only in German. I don't think you can understand it. And it felt a bit frustrating. So I thought, well, I really have to offer something in English. And with this impression, I kind of started to grow the format more and more bilingually. Obviously, this podcast, for instance, which is one of my main marketing channels, is completely in English. My blog was in... I think it's in both. It's mostly in English. Huh? And the homepage is also in both languages available. But now I realize that it's actually not always smart to just pick the biggest market because you think that's the right thing to do. And some people just tell you, yeah, do it in English. We're a global world. And I realized that sometimes it might be much smarter to cover a niche of a market but then to dominate it. It's very difficult for a German guy actually to, for example, be successful in something with investment that is in English language, because obviously Americans, for example, 
are absolute the absolute leaders in this industry and they are also they also have this feeling so for you as a german guy to somehow make it in this industry in english language it would be very difficult and there is for one because there are already a lot of people out there and secondly of course it's more difficult to convey your message to really be a dominant player because language remains as an issue even though you're if your english is all right it's difficult people will rather go for an for another na english native speaker unless you have something really unique to offer and even then there might be more mistrust because they say well german german guys you are not the invent inventors of capitalism that's us kind of thing yeah so i realized that actually it might make sense for me to focus more on the german language which basically still covers a, an area of around 100 million people, right? So Germany has like 80 plus, and then we have Switzerland, Austria, some parts of Luxembourg, Belgium. So it's more or less the 100 million potential followers. So that's not too bad, right? And this kind of brings me to one change that I'm going to execute now with this podcast as well. So in general, I will focus more on German content, which I'm already doing, so that's nothing that should bother you guys. But with regards to this podcast, what I'm going to do is, no worries, I'm not going to change it to German because I will lose 50% of my followers instantly. And I really enjoy doing this in English. And it's really kind of my, what do you call it in English? I think mouthpiece yeah, to the world where I can communicate things and everyone can understand it. So for me, this podcast is really important. I don't see it as a marketing vehicle. It, that was the idea in the first place. But for me, it's really more like my personal communication vehicle that I really enjoy doing. But what, what I will change is that I will make this podcast more personal and a bit less focusing on particular China topics and China content. The reason is, again, that or everything that I do in terms of investment in China gonna be mostly in German on my YouTube channel for my formats because I realized that most people who follow here they don't come for investment advice they don't come for too much for economy in China so it doesn't even make sense for me to put out content here that is not really giving you the the value that you're looking for and I've covered a lot of really important topics in the past episodes. So if you ask me, Eric, what do you think about the social credit system in China? What do you think about this debt trap? What about communism in China? All of these things are actually out there. I have made episodes about this. And a lot of these things are not going to change because they are quite constant. They're not changing every week, right? So I think I actually created a good base here. And for the future of this podcast, I'm more about to share what I'm doing right now, where I live, how I live, and what I'm doing. And then automatically, you can be sure about that, there's always going to be a link to China. Right now, I'm in uh, Asia, I'm in Malaysia. We'll talk about this later in this episode. But whatever I do, it's somehow related to China. Because my whole life, more or less, revolves around China. So a lot of things that I will talk about are still linked to China so be sure if there's something important or something let's say extremely interesting happening in China with this show you will still know about it that's that's for sure you won't miss any really 
big, important, relevant changes in China, in the world. And it's more about that. I think here people come more for my sort of personal things. And so this is what this show will be more about in the future. What about the frequency and uh, everything? Right now, you, you maybe realized actually I only released like episodes every every two months. That, of course, is not enough for some people. Some people are fine with it. So very easy answer. It really will depend on the demand that I see for this show and maybe also on your on your feedback. So if I see there's a high demand for these things, I might release more frequently, maybe monthly, maybe even semi, semi weekly. I will, I will really decide based on what I see. I can very clearly see the statistics from, from the show. And then it's going to be based on my own mood, of course, as well, but also based on you. So yeah, let's see where this is going. Uh, for me, it's quite interesting because it's a kind of strategic big change for the show. And of course, with this, I also have to change the name. So in the future, it's going to be called Welcome to the World of Eric. Now, I'm just kidding. I will stay with Dragonfolio China because that's the initial name. And that's kind of my personal, very strong brand, so to speak. So this will stay the same. It's just a, a shift in, in content a bit. And yeah, since I said it's going to be more personal, let's talk a bit about my current situation and where I am. And that is Malaysia. So I'm here for one and a half months right now. To be precise, I'm in the city of Kota Kinabalu. That's the capital of the state Zaba. And Zaba is one of technically three states on the Malaysian part of Borneo. Borneo is split between three countries, Brunei, Indonesia and Malaysia. And there are three states, actually there are two larger states and just one small island that is also considered a state, but whatever. And Sabah is, yeah, close to the Philippines actually already. A very nice place. I've been here twice before and have some good friends here who also helped me to find a really nice apartment. So I'm here for a uh, six weeks now and gonna stay another two weeks before I'm heading on and Malaysia is kind of a special place for me and there's a simple reason for that because the first time me going to Asia was well that was 2012 so yeah it's, it's almost exactly 10 years ago and that was Singapore so Singapore was kind of my gate to Asia and eventually also to the world and there are a lot of similarities between Singapore and Malaysia, big Chinese influence and then also Malaysian influence. So a lot of things that I see here kind of remind me of my time in Singapore. And of course, here I'm also feeling much closer to China. Geographically, not really so close, but culturally, I mean, 25% of the citizens of Malaysia are ethnically Chinese. So they came here mostly in the 20s, 19th century because of work, especially from South China. I went to a very interesting heritage museum the other day. Uh, very interesting when you see the waves of Chinese coming in and then this different dialects and this different ways how they settled here, what they're doing, because it's so fascinating that it's only 25% Chinese. But if you look at the business side, 
everything is dominated and run by Chinese. All the shops, basically. The staff in the shops, they're often Malaysians or Indonesians or Philippines or Indians, but the owners are usually Chinese and they keep the economy running. They have actually a big saying when it comes to this and locals know that. They know without Chinese, they would be at a very different um, yeah, stage for sure. And I give you one very interesting example how how much life here is influenced by Chinese, but at the same time, it's kind of melting. So you have not only the Chinese influence, but they kind of melted with the local culture. And one essential part here of my life are the, yeah, let's call them coffee shops. In the local language, they're called Kopi Tiam. Kopi is the Malay word for coffee. And Tiam, I'm pretty sure it's from derived from the word Tian, which means store in Chinese. And what I'm often doing is in the afternoons when I'm done with my work, I will just go out, walk around a bit and go to a place where you could call it Chinatown, but it's not, it's not exactly like a typical Chinatown. It's not anything cheesy. It's just full of local food stores and coffee places because China does not have such a coffee culture actually, but here in Southeast Asia, it's quite different. So I go to these coffee tiams. They have very good coffee. It's very strong. It's mostly local coffee from Malaysia. It's like um, they put it very thick and then they put hot water on it. That shows how thick it is. And there are a lot of different ways how to order it. And then you just sit there. You have your coffee or some order. They also have good tea and have normally some food. A lot of people, they have like their, you know, more like sweeter delights during the day. But you can order everything. It's a very casual place. Very affordable. People come there to meet. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of for, for some people, it's kind of the, the meeting point of their, of their life. It's where you also go out on the weekends for breakfast with your family. I really love these places and I love how this mixed because I give you an example how, how you order actually, right? So of course, if you, if you come as a foreigner, you say, I want to have a coffee. That's fine. I mean, you will get a coffee. But there's so many different ways because they use different kind of milk, different kind of coffee, different levels of, of sugar, of coffee, how they mix it. And for example, my favorite choice, I would say kopi sikusong peng. Kopi is a Malay word for coffee. Si is basically the Hainanese, so South China dialect word for fresh milk. Then kosong again is Malay, it means empty, no sugar. And peng is a Hokkien, so from Fujian province term for iced. So there will be a iced coffee with um, evaporated milk, but no sugar. So I use like three languages in one to order this coffee. And that's what the locals do as well. And I find it so fascinating that people here are using these terms all the time. A lot of Malays use a lot of Chinese words and then the... Uh, Chinese, I mean, I call them Chinese for lack of a better term. They're actually Malaysians by citizenship, but they mix everything here. And it shows that people here live like very peacefully with all these different cultures, whether they're Indian, Chinese or some, it doesn't really matter here. Of course, they, they mostly stick among themselves. Also for religious reasons, obviously a lot of Malaysians here are um, Muslims. A lot are also Christians, but they would never, let's say, mix up too much with some of the Chinese. Of course, generally, you want to stick more with your own culture. I get that. But 
here it's really interesting how they all have their role, how they live together. And for me, it's just really, really pleasant to live here. Malaysia definitely going to be a place where we come, keep coming back all the time. Malaysia is very international. We went to a kind of, uh, yeah, you can call it pub or bar the other day. And there was a band on, on stage, a Malaysian band. And they were, everything they said, because they were kind of entertaining us, they, everything they spoke to the audience in between, they spoke in English. And re I realized how international it is compared to a place like Thailand, for example, actually. So yeah, as I said, I usually spend my afternoons at these coffee teams. Also always a good time to talk to some people. People here are super friendly and interested in what you are doing. And so gives me really a lot of joy here. And guess what? The only time where I go to these places in the morning is on the weekends. Because on the weekends, I usually don't work or only a little bit because this podcast, I don't consider it really working. And, and record this on a Sunday morning. And Sunday morning is where I usually go to one of these places and where I grab my coffee a bit earlier and have a very typical local breakfast. It's kind of a bread with um, some coconut cream with a lot of butter and you dip it into like half-boiled egg. It sounds a bit disgusting for some people, especially when they see these eggs and you put some soy sauce. But that's actually quite nice. I enjoy that. I It's not like my favorite for every single day but once in a week that's going to be my treat here my kind of um, guilty habit and that's exactly what I'm doing right after this podcast I will go out walk around a bit there's a nice Sunday market because I need to yeah, I need to buy some gifts actually from a family I will return shortly home for some weeks in July and I think they expect something I haven't been home for a while so I'm still looking for some nice gifts. So this market is going to be a good opportunity, not just to stroll around, but also to buy some nice little souvenirs for them. So that's exactly what I'm doing right after the show. And yeah, of course, this was not only very personal now, there was also very much focused on food. But guess what? Food is a very important and essential part of Asian culture. Malaysia being no exception, so sometimes it makes sense to talk about it to make you better understand how people live here and what their attitude towards food than towards each other is. It's definitely not going to be a travel or food podcast from now on. Rather, it's going to be a very broad mix of different things depending on what I'm up to, where I am, what I feel like talking and what's going on in the world. For instance, next time I will compare a bit the different cultures of Chinese and Malaysians here. It's super interesting to understand why cultures don't just stop at borders, why people live differently wherever they are based on their, you know, national identity or culture. For example, I told you that, well, people here, the Chinese, they drink way more coffee. That's one thing where you see a big difference to mainland China. But there are a lot of things that I realized that are very similar to Chinese living in China, although most people here have never been to China, or a lot of them. So there's a lot of interesting insights that you can actually observe when you are in these places that tell you also more about China. And perhaps it yeah, helps you also to understand the world a bit better. So stay tuned. There's still going to be a lot of really fascinating stuff coming up. That's my promise for you. 
anyway, I will go for my breakfast now because my belly is already constantly complaining. I will see you in my next episode. Until then, have an awesome day. Xiaohuiqian. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Folio China podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net.